You are listening to Creating Phenomenal for Your Life, episode number 11, Shedding the Diet Mentality. This is Creating Phenomenal for Your Life. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a lover of learning, a life and weight loss coach, and a family medicine doctor. This podcast is about mindset. What contributes to a life that thrives versus one that is stuck? We'll talk about many things, some related to coaching, some related to health, and some related to your questions, thoughts, and prompts. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to celebrate where we're at and give form to where we're going in our perfectly imperfect journey to a phenomenal life. And give high fives along the way. Thanks for being here. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And thank you for sharing this podcast. Keep doing it. Why? Because we're helping people. That's we, you and me, using our voices, bringing people together, empowering, empowering a different way of thinking, a new way of thinking, or reinforcing great ways of thinking. We're sharing the message of we're not alone, and it's awesome to want more in life, and that we don't have to fit in to have a great life. And that burnout and overwhelm are normal, and we don't have to be normal. Some people believe that I have an easy and perfect life. (laughs) I really had to pause and laugh there because I don't. I have a real life, and it's full of ups and downs and requests to do over and grace and mercy and all of it. And so if you're in that boat too, this is our perfectly imperfect journey. So back to you. You're amazing. You're helping there to be more of us. Together we can do more. And thank you for the inspiration to keep going. Enough said? (laughs) So if you're listening to this right when it comes out, you'll know that it's football season and it's a big deal where we live. The Georges are preparing to watch a lot of high school football and some college football too. (laughs) The last episode we covered why hustling is not the answer. And I talked about a client who wanted to lose weight. Shedding the diet mentality is a pretty natural follow-on. Think back to when you were a child. What was role modeled in terms of health or body image or food, what to eat, what to avoid, or dieting? Did you grow up around a chronic dieter? There was one in my life, and I remember at an early age thinking, that's just no fun. So many restrictions, I can't, I'm on a diet, that's not part of the plan, I have to do this. You get the point. It never seemed to be enough because people would talk about, oh, when I just lose the last so many pounds. Now these are perceptions of a child. In high school, I remember once wanting to weigh less and starting to tweak what I was eating. It lasted a day. I thought it was way too difficult and decided that it wasn't worth it. All I was doing was thinking about food, and I wanted to spend time and energy on other things. So you may wonder, why would I even care about this? Here's my story. Back in December of 2016, I was four pounds away from my full-term pregnancy weight from 2002. It wasn't comfortable. My clothes looked like they all shrank two sizes. My energy was low. Appetite was huge. I could eat all day and then keep eating, which I did. It's reflective of that time in our lives that was pretty messy and uncomfortable, and that's what my body showed. So in January of 2017, 
I committed to getting this under control. Here's what I learned in medical school. Calories in equals calories out. If you want to lose weight, you eat less and exercise more. Same information that I'd given to patients for years. It's what I knew. It's all I knew. Besides referral for bariatric surgery, there really weren't many other options. So that's how I started. I adjusted what I ate, exercised more, didn't see a big change in weight. Better energy, more stamina, but still thinking about food a lot, still had a huge appetite. Started to think about dieting and calories and how often I was eating and what I needed to restrict because I had to go on a diet which was completely unfulfilling and, in fact, frustrating. So here's what I think of as the diet mentality, based on memories, experiences, and hearing from many others. It's all about restriction. You can't have fun or eat normal or eat the same meal as your family or your friends, and you certainly can't go on vacation. You have to eat less and exercise more. And that there's something wrong with us, We have to go on a diet. We don't look good. We don't feel good. We don't look like our friends or whatever it is. And man, there's a ton of judgment for all of that. And not only judgment for ourselves, but we start to make up judgment about what other people must be thinking about us. Or we listen to other people when they share what they're thinking about us, if it's negative. So shedding the diet mentality really means shifting mindset to stop buying into it. It's garbage. That way of thinking is just like junk food. It's easy to indulge in, but ultimately it just feels terrible. And it may get some results. You can kind of beat yourself into some results, but they don't last. Consider that a frenemy. Do you remember that term from the 90s and the 2000s? It's a combination of friend and enemy, frenemy. When the diet works, we feel better and we're friends. And when we're off the diet, the weight comes back, it's now the enemy that I have to invite back into my life. So the steps to shifting any mindset. Number one, acknowledge your current beliefs. So what do you practice or what plays out that's kind of like a rule in your life? You may need to look back. What are the rules you grew up with? What are the friend groups that you used to be in? What rules did they play by when it came to food or exercise or dieting? And how about now? Same thing. At home, your friends, your community. What are the rules that things go by? Second, how is this affecting your life? For example, when I started my journey in January of 2017, Believing that the only way to lose weight is by restricting food, I'm going to continue to experience unfulfillment over and over again. What we want to do by acknowledging those beliefs and see how they're affecting our life is to gather evidence on why it's ineffective, reasons to stop doing it. So third, we acknowledge that this is the current wiring of our mind. It's the default setting. It's been practiced over and over. It comes up automatically. Kind of like when you turn the car on, your favorite radio station comes on. These are the first thoughts that come to mind. It's easy. The brain likes to keep repeating what's easy, keeps us in the same patterns. It's not threatening at all to keep doing the same things. Fourth, choose to no longer buy into it. 
So if my mind comes up with, I can't have it, I have to restrict, I can't eat that cheesecake, I can simply say, there's the old pattern. Nope, that's not who I am anymore. I'm someone who used to believe that's true. Fifth, really allow yourself to let go of those old beliefs. Because when you do it, it clears out the clutter in your mind. And get this, it clears space for what you do want to believe. So think of a closet that's stuffed. Let's think of your bedroom closet, maybe. Here's what's normal. We keep putting stuff in it. We buy more, we stuff it in. We buy more, we stuff it in. That's normal. We lose the ability to see exactly what's in there and don't remember, does it fit or not? Do we like it still? It's too much of a hassle to really clean it out, so we just let it be there. It's easier. And maybe the excuse is that we could need it in the future, or we don't have enough time to clean it out, or man, we spent a lot of money. I don't know if I can get rid of it. Gosh, it was a mistake to buy that, but I don't know. Maybe I'll use it sometime. We get all these thoughts kind of flooding back. Every moment that something is taking space in our closet, we're really missing out on knowing and using what's actually in there and choosing, being intentional of what we want to be in there, things that we love and enjoy and use and want to take care of and can't wait to see or put on because it all brings us joy and nothing else is in there. So notice in that whole sentence, there's no guilt or shame or feels bad. There's no residue of the past. It's all about the present and enjoying what's there. So there's a sense of joy when you open the closet and it's organized and you can use everything in it. It fits, it looks good, it feels good, and it's ready to serve us. And we can add in only what we want and treasure that's new and what complements what we already have, maintaining a big oversight on what is there. And here's the best part passing on what we don't want because it may be somebody else's treasure. So apply this to thoughts. Only keep the ones that serve you well. Don't buy into the old wiring or the old patterns. You don't need the thoughts that aren't serving you well. The less attention they get, the less often they come up, which is pretty awesome, right? And when you have open space, it allows the thoughts that you want to have to come up. Thoughts like, I can find joy in movement. I can change what and how I eat and still be fulfilled. I can comfortably eat with my family in a restaurant on vacation and still lose weight. I'm going to pause right here. Did your brain just freak out a little bit? (laughs) Like what? Lose weight on vacation? Impossible. Or what? Eat at a restaurant? Yeah, off the special menu. Movement counts right. Who are you kidding? <laughs> that was an intentional tone of voice change to be that those unnecessary thoughts. Remember, it's just the hardwiring of your mind. It's the old way. You can buy into it again. You can keep living the same life, but it will be very hard to get different results from that. So ask yourself, is this really what I want to continue believing? Is this really who I want to continue being? And then go one step farther. 
how is continuing to believe this going to serve me well or motivate me or prove what I can do? All right, so we've cleared out some space in our mental closet, acknowledge the limiting beliefs, open to what we do want, notice the process. We don't have to repeat anything. We don't have to repeat a mantra or an affirmation. We don't have to try and fight those old beliefs or patterns. We're just gently firing them. That's saying that they're not necessary. And then we're looking at the new ones that are applying for the job and trying them out. How does this work? How does this feel? Do I want to keep this new thought around? Going on a diet is not what changed my weight. It was understanding why I was eating, when I was eating, and really what I was avoiding. Because food, especially a lot of it, is a great parasympathetic nervous system activator. So that's the part of our nervous system that focuses on rest and digest. It's really active on Thanksgiving Day after we eat. (laughs) Notice it's hard to be anxious or upset with a full belly. We just want to sit back and relax. So here's what led to my weight gain. My life was a mess on the inside. And rather than wanting to experience the discomfort of my reality, food helped me to just cope and tolerate the mess. I didn't have to think that anything was wrong. I didn't have to change. So you can see for me, making weight loss about food would be treating the symptoms. And I'm not the only one. It's the same thing for many others. I needed to address the problem, me, and not wanting to look at the internal mess and the avoidance to actually clean it up. Near the end of episode 10, I talked about a client's experience with weight loss. We're going to dissect it down a little bit more. So the problem overweight and the goal with coaching was weight loss. With the top three priorities, be more active, stop stress eating, and be proud of herself. The first stop in that journey was identifying what derailed every prior attempt at weight loss. Overwhelm. The flood of thoughts when she started to think about her goals and all the times that she failed in the past, her mind wanted to keep going around and around about this. Because it's been hardwired. The brain was good at bringing it up and good at stalling her goals. And then the underlying belief that she would never lose weight. So when she'd start something, she'd believe for a couple of days and then that old belief would come back. It didn't matter because it wasn't going to work. So both were hardwired. They were deeply ingrained patterns in her mind. Whenever she wanted to do something for herself, something new or uncomfortable, this is where her mind wanted to take her. So it's kind of like the Monopoly game. Go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Her mind would create its own jail. She couldn't get past it. And whenever she tried, it didn't work. So notice There's no discussion of diet or food plan or exercise because none of it mattered at that time. And no diet or food plan was going to change what was going on because of those underlying beliefs. So as she allowed herself to be uncomfortable, to acknowledge those thoughts and not cling on to them, what she realized was that food had been the answer to the discomfort and the boredom. And that feeling like she should be doing something because she kept telling herself she's not doing enough. 
she realized the pattern of punishing herself with exercise, setting these impossible exercise standards and workouts, and telling herself that that was the only way. It had to be that way, but she hated it. That she wouldn't share what was really going on with others, and that she was afraid of any negative emotion. So doubt or uncertainty or overwhelm. She couldn't experience those. She was too afraid. So again, do you see it's not about a diet or diet mentality? Because nothing we're talking about involves food. Food was the coping mechanism. It was the way to avoid managing or addressing or exploring, and especially a way to avoid feeling the discomfort of all of that. But changing food doesn't change the underlying problem. One of her biggest insights was that she could allow herself to give up all of that thinking. And only she could do it. Nobody could do it for her, even her biggest cheerleaders. So as she unattached from those thoughts and beliefs, her confidence grew. Of course there were setbacks and do-overs and delays. But slowly, she built more confidence, and small victories became larger victories. And she started to enjoy the journey as much as her results. And she started to choose differently because she could see the effects that different foods would have on her body, different movement would have on her body. And she wanted to build on what was continuing her results, continuing the motivation, and helped her feel great. So food went back to being the only thing that it is, fuel. And movement of her body was from a place of, yes, I like how I feel. I want to do more. What else can I do? And that's freedom. When you ditch the diet mentality, you acknowledge that food is neither the problem nor the solution. You see that your individual patterns, beliefs, and practices are all from your thinking. And your way of thinking is optional. Even if everyone else does it that way. Even if you've always done it that way. Even if, fill in the blank, you can still do differently by unattaching from the old way and making space for something else. And then reevaluating your results. So follow your positive energy. That's what allows you to create phenomenal. I love coaching on weight loss. I think the transformation is so powerful and so humbling. If you're ready for the journey, email me, dina at georgemdcoaching.com. So I'm sending you a high five. So glad to be on your team and I'll see you next time.